<laughs> your wife has sent you, but you re, you look at the pictures on the phone, Jeff. We got a podcast to do, so. Um, have you already turned it on? How are we starting? Uh, yeah, we, okay, we've been recording <laughs> that, Jeff. I'm sorry, and I'm not editing that. I'm not cutting that out. I'm sorry. This is the way it goes. We're, we're yeah, real we're, around uh, here. We're authentic. Yeah, my my wife is uh, in Illinois helping her folks pack up to move back here to Lexington, and it's a um, it's a bit of a challenge. <laughs> Let's just say it that way. Well. So. <laughs> So anyway, thanks for dropping by. I'm Roger Fields with my brother... Jeff Fields. Jeff. And that's right. Kind of consider this a detox from religious obligation. This show is unrehearsed and unedited, as you can probably tell by listening. And uh, the following views and opinions may not necessarily represent those of the staff management of your local church. Listener discretion is advised. And your place for reverse discipleship, where you can unlearn the things that you learned in discipleship classes that took you farther <laughs> away from resting in the finished work of the cross and the Lord Jesus Christ. So well, I'm your, we, I am your pastor of reverse discipleship. Yeah, <laughs> I like that phrase. I'm yeah, going to keep using that. I'll explain that. Just give a quick explanation of that for people. Well, who we mentioned maybe that. this is our first podcast. We, okay. Yeah, okay. You just we freaked mentioned. them out already. You know, <laughs> we, we're in this thing for we a minute. We mentioned that in a previous podcast. But, you know, we talk about discipleship. Disciple just means learner. And so churches have discipleship classes. But, we, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people, when their eyes are open to grace and the new covenant and who we are in Christ, <laughs> they're a bit upset about why didn't people teach me this? Why didn't someone teach me this before? And why did they teach me all this other stuff that is contrary to what I now know is the truth of the new covenant. Yeah. And so they learn these things in discipleship classes. So it dawned on me that what we do is a bit of reverse discipleship. And cause people realize to, to really grasp some of this, you have to, you but, can't just add okay. it on to what you already have. You have to unlearn. You have to remove some of the other thinking right. and, and think in a whole different way. So well, in that way, we're that unlearning up, I got something that. I'm going to, so. okay. But, but you, you, we, so we got to say this. I mean, discipleship is not in the Bible. The word disciple is in the Bible, and right. it means a learner. Just a learner. You can be a learner. Nothing wrong with it. We have no nothing deal. against learning. Right. We have nothing against being a disciple, just learning. But the whole thing that it's a process and you somehow grow through just learning more stuff and that makes you, you know, puts you on a second tier of your faith or Christianity is, is not scriptural and uh, we need to let that go. And anyway, some, it's like, that. okay, so you're talking about discipleship. I wasn't going to, I was going to bring this up later, but it's, I got a, an analogy and I'm still fine tuning this analogy. So I'm giving it to you as a work in progress. Okay. But it's like going up to somebody who maybe they, didn't realize that we have automobiles now. Maybe they live in some backwoods yeah, somewhere, right. and we'll okay. have to go back. Let's say the automobile was just invented a few years ago. We'll just okay. And so they're in, you know, they're horse and buggy, and so they we show them a car, and we say, listen, you can get in this thing, and you can steer it, and go wherever you pretty much wherever you want to go, and you don't have to. You have a gas image, you have to feed it like a horse. There's all kinds of example, uh, benefits to this thing. And they get excited. They think, wow, I can drive this car. I can go where I want to go in this car. And they say, but you know, I got to go back to the house because I'm working on a new buggy whip. No, 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 you don't, you don't you see we don't yeah. we, we like the new but we do not want to let go of the old yeah and i well i got to work on my wagon wheel tonight well you actually you don't need a wagon wheel now because you now have a car I'm giving you a car and so, but I'm getting this buggy horse tomorrow from the, my Amish friend down the road. Well, you don't need a buggy horse either. You know, it's like we want to hold on to both things. And that's the way it is with grace. Yeah, Amish friend. Yeah. We, <laughs> it's, my, it's my my example, my illustration. And so, but that's the way we do it. And so I talk to people all the time who they think grace is great and that, you know, Jesus paid the full price and I get it. I'm totally forgiven. And then they lapse right back into doing things um. to perform for God where they think certain things they do 
bring them in greater favor with God, makes them more pleasing to God, and and they're still on a performance track, even though they seem to, you think, understood grace. The illustration we use all the time is the trapeze artist. Okay, I was going to say, you got to let go of the one to to grab a hold of the other. You have a new trapeze bar coming at you. You grab that, fine. That's the grace trapeze, but... You know, a lot of people don't want to let go of the old one. And so you're hanging, hanging in between. In between yeah, you're hanging in between. I was going to ask, someone asked me or, uh, the other day about the, the subtitle of our book. So I don't know if you want to talk about this now or you want to add this, to that. Yeah, uh, Breaking the Hex right. is the name of our book. Um, Life with God after, cro- after the cross cut. Really. Really. And, and, the, and the question came up, someone that, and they weren't asking themselves, somebody else had asked them. And I thought they gave a pretty good answer. And I need to reply to him in an email that, um, you know, someone says, well, James 1 talks about, you know, pure yeah. religions, undefiled, yeah. right. you know, that, right. um, visit um, widows and orphans and right. keep yourself unspotted right. from the world. So we right. say, okay, that says pure religion. Then why do we say in our book subtitle, right. after the cross killed religion? So you would say what? Well, I would say that re- the, the, the verse in James is kind of the pinnacle of what religion does. Religion, in many cases, does provide an environment where people do, can become helpful to other people. And I'm mm-hmm. all for that. It just doesn't take you really beyond that to a relationship right. with God. So it's not that, you know, religion has a, is a double-edged sword in that it sometimes can modify, outwardly modify behavior. It can um, coerce you into taking care of people and being Benevolence nice. but, but it and doesn't, charity. Benevolence and, and has done a lot of stuff. I mean, we have to admit there's been a lot of religious institutions down through history that have done a lot of good work. <laughs> we have to admit it. Well, okay. I'm just saying that, you know, we kind of right. look at the downside of religion where it doesn't enhance your personal relationship with God. It doesn't help you grow in grace. It doesn't provide spiritual freedom. There's a whole lot of things that religion won't do, but it but it does have, you know, a value sometimes culturally or socially. So now, then, what I, what comes to my mind, what I'm going to share with him and reply to him is, you know, there's a difference between benevolent activity with a spiritual focus or spiritual motivation there's a difference between that and religious obligation that this makes me and you touched on yeah. it a little bit that this brings me closer to god this yeah. makes me more pleasing to god and the subtitle comes from colossians two fourteen right. that talks about this right. handwritten ordinances were nailed to the cross and so in that way it's that obligation that religious obligation was nailed to the cross there is yeah. nothing at all now that we can do of any religious nature to bring us closer to God, make us more pleasing to God, make us more righteous, more forgiven, that has been nailed to the cross. You know, I had this discussion, you probably don't know this, on Twitter with a pretty well-known pastor a few couple years ago about that. I brought the thing with the religion as well. What about, Jamie? And I thought, well, you know, thought you might bring that up and so we talked about that a little bit you yeah know? that's another example of one verse yeah you know someone likes on my word. one verse. verse yeah yep. that's kind of the the lawyer in us yeah okay i'm okay okay let's, let's change uh, topics just for a second have a little fun okay kentucky you know jeff kentucky is really known for about five things okay and i'm gonna give you these five things and okay. i have a question for you all right okay we're known for number one we're known for our bourbon yeah yep. we're known for tobacco yeah, we're not, known not, not big fans of either one personally well, on those, we're, but, and, but, but we're yeah. known for fried chicken. Yeah, okay. We're known for baseball bats. Yeah. Louisville Slugger yeah. out of Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. Have you ever been to that museum? Uh, I've been no, I've been by. I've I been like in to it. See, I like to go see. We've it. been through it. It's okay. cool. All right, yeah. don't get me off track here. All right, baseball bats number four and five thoroughbred racehorses. Okay, now yeah. what do all okay. five of those things have in common? Okay, impermanence. Uh, you there? You there? Um, uh, I give up. They can all kill you. Baseball bat? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, so I'm just saying they are. There. 
<laughs> horses. Fried well, chicken. I mean, so like you oh, run over around, by a horse. Oh, no, no. Thoroughbred racehorse is, if you've been around a thoroughbred racehorse, it's not like being around a Tennessee walker like what I used to Well, have. I haven't really hardly thoroughbred been around either Thoroughbred racehorse are high strung. And they well, I mean, take, I know I mean, I mean, a lot of people get hurt seriously falling off a horse and things yeah. like that. Well, I mean, a thoroughbred racehorse is not bred to be a friendly horse. It is meant to be a monster. A competitor. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's you know these horses are not. And even if you see a thoroughbred, retired thoroughbred racehorse in the field, I mean, they'll charge up to you. I mean, they, they're not like they're waiting around to be petted, you know. So, so, I, just, so, I, heard, I heard somebody say, because I had about a couple of them, and I added to the list a little bit, embellished it. So they, so they already had the idea of the two or three yeah. Raw kill you. So the idea yeah. that these will all kill you was not. You heard well, someone else is, say that, I, I and you just expand. Yes, okay, yes, okay. Well, I, I feel a little bit better now. I'm a little worried if you just kind of came up with it. That's Why kind would of you a, be worried? That's I kind think of it's a, a genius. That's list. kind of a. I don't know. It's kind of a dark place there. You oh, see a it's, list that, it's just hmm, meant to be. Okay, these kill you. I mean, that's right, kind of just right. a pessimistic way to look okay, at it. Okay, maybe so. And so anyway, all right. Now here's a verse that that I want to revisit. Okay. This, this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. And this is, you'll know it when I say the verse, you'll know mm-hmm. what it says. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Yep. Okay? Now, I want to kind of dig out a couple things here with you. Uh, I'm going to read it out of the uh, English Standard Version. Uh, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, anyone in Christ, mm-hmm. he is a new creation. Mm-hmm. Okay? The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, it says it pretty much that way in most translations. New King James says he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Several translations say that. New American Standard says it kind of like that. Now, this person is a new creation. Old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now, my question is, what things are we talking about? If that's a pretty accurate translation, and I think it is. Uh, I think the word things seems to be in the text. Uh, from the most literal translations. So because, a lot, well, let me say it this way, a lot of things don't pass away. I mean, you come to the Lord, you put your faith in Jesus. Um, if you're like me, you're 5'9", you're still 5'9". I mean, there mm-hmm. are certain things that are the same, but sometimes personality types are the same. Right, yeah, your, your personality does not change your overnight. Your body type, your gender is the same. Um, if you disliked golf before you got came to the Lord, you probably still no, maybe that, that would, dis- would change. No, okay. <laughs> you know, I'm not a, a golfer. I'm not. A, you know, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. I don't know if we ever talked about that. Or if you're an outdoorsman or that's not, quiet or whatever. Yeah. yeah. If you don't like sushi before, you're probably not going to like sushi yep. after. If you don't like, I mean, there are a lot of things about us that do not change, even once you come to the Lord, put your faith in Him. Okay. Now. So the the question is then, and I love what it says. Now, now I'm going to tee this up for you, and you tell me what you think. I like the word behold. Behold. Like, there's new things. It's not like this is a process. Like, you'll notice after a period of time that things will begin (laughs) to be modified, and you'll grow in your... Well, no, just behold. There's this new stuff here. Or one I'm looking at says, therefore, so I guess that's the... uh, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, yeah, yeah. 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 But anyway, so the question becomes... What does this verse mean? What things do you think we're talking about? Well, I mean, the verse before talks about we know no man according to the flesh. Okay. Um, we used to know Christ that way, but we don't know him that way any longer. I heard someone a while back, and it, it would it would involve a little probably different translation than things, but that's the old covenant and the new covenant. 
that the old covenant has passed away. Well, the new covenant. But what is things? There, so, then, so well, yeah, first of all, let me let's go back things. to the verse you just said. Though we used to know Jesus by the flesh. In other words, he said we we used to know Jesus is the one who came to um, um, you know Beth, born in Bethlehem, uh, ran around the Middle East. He was you know long hair. I guess that long hair. I don't know sandals. And you had a beard, and that's how we knew him. We knew mm -hmm. him through the flesh. We knew him as a person who moved around. Physical see, person. Touch, yeah. a physical. We don't know him that way any longer. So that's yeah. an amazingly yeah, profound that, that verse that that is when not so the much way. of our day. Everybody's all about yeah. mimicking the physical yes, Jesus yes, and yeah. just. We got to read yeah. what you. Know, what would Jesus do? Well, yeah. how did that man? You know, so the, t we have some way beyond that. Yeah. The living Christ, you know, within us. living Christ, as Paul would say, you know, a, a Jesus who lives through me, who loves me and give, gave himself for me. So it's a whole different process now, a whole different way of living. But so then we get to you know this verse seventeen, old things. So I would say, um, you know, I mean, for instance, one of them might be. Um, you know, forgiveness is different. That was an old yeah. thing that you had to earn your yeah. forgiveness. Yeah. I would go for um, that. Now you got your forgiveness given to you through what Jesus paid for you. That's a thing that's different. And you can just behold it. Wow. Yeah. We didn't have this before. We have it now. Whoa. Um, have become new. Past tense. Have, yeah. have already become new. Yeah. Already become new. Not in the process. Yeah. You know, not These becoming. are things that instantly you put your faith yeah. in Jesus. You trust him for in what he did for you on the cross. Um, then behold, wow. And you are in Christ You're at that in point. You're in Christ at that so. moment. There are things that are different. You can behold them. Yeah. You can say, wow. I love that. You can see them. You can behold them. So pretty them. much everything in the old covenant, so whether we're talking about forgiveness, closeness to God, you name well, it. Well, but okay. All, that's a All the aspects okay, of the I, old covenant. I agree with that, okay? But wouldn't you say that even beyond that, for instance, um, peace? I mean, just things I experience that now mm -hmm. I have. I didn't have peace before. Now I have peace because I know that Jesus has paid for the full price, paid for my salvation. I'm in him. The lack of peace or the um, just stress about where I'm at with God, that's an old thing that's passed away. I mean, I would think if you yeah. understood the, the new covenant that you could say, behold, wow, that's new. You know, um, And uh, that, that phrase, in Christ, you know, we just cannot emphasize that too much. And it's just not talked about in, in many church circles. You know, it's, it's all in Christ. So all these new things yeah. are not separate. You know, Christ yeah. doesn't give you, okay, you give you a little peace here. It gives you a little forgiveness over here. He is our peace. He is yeah. our forgiveness. But the, right. Kind of, I would say like a diamond. There are different facets of the diamond. Yeah. There are different facets. And so, but I think this would encourage us to kind of behold the new facets of what we have in Christ. It is all embodied in a person for sure. Um, but you know, you, we used to have a sin focus. Mm -hmm. Now we have a focus on our Savior, a relationship with Him. That's an old thing; it's passed away. Behold, we have a new thing, new things. And I think it, it could be a pretty big list of things that. And the idea of new creation. I'm thinking about that too. So creation implies that you know th this is not something we arrived at right. through our own determination right. and commitment. You know, we were we are His creation. Created the Ephesians two eight and through ten deal or nine to ten. You know, created in Him His workmanship. So, I mean, we are his creation right. in that sense. Right. So, I just like that scripture. It's always been one of my favorite verses, even when I didn't understand it. <laughs> and so I just think that's incredibly cool. It's one of dad's favorite verses as well, yeah. mom and dad's. You know. So anyway, I just think that. And then, you know, chapter three is where it talks about the old covenant and the new covenant too. So, you know, I think, I think it's definitely all relates to that. So. All right. Well, you want to change directions here for a little bit? Yeah, I mean, if. 
Unless you have something else on that. Do you have anything else on that? Uh, no, nothing else on that. If you want a little golf thing, I can do that. But no, if you want to wait on that, no, okay. we, don't, right. we don't want a golf we'll, thing. We'll, we'll no, wait. We'll no. put that off again. And uh, <laughs> All right. Now, I bet you didn't know this. See, one of the things about this podcast, Jeff, is that you learn things from me that you did not know prior to the podcast. <laughs> and this is going to be one of them, okay? Now, if you heard the expression, like, for instance, we would say just sheer religion where you're maybe trying to earn your way to God and, and all that, we would say that. Somebody might say, well, that's a nothing burger. I've heard the term version. nothing burger, not yeah. in terms of religion well, yeah, necessarily, I mean, but yeah, I've heard the term any, any context, politics. Right, I've heard right, it more in right. politics than nothing burger. Did you burger. know that the word nothing burger is an actual word? One word, nothing burger, is a word. You didn't know in that, In the did English you? language? Yes, you can look it up. In the English, it's a nothing burger is a word. All one word. All one word, nothing burger. Not a, not a phrase. When did that get added? I'm thinking well, that's a more I don't recent know. Wait, addition. You have, I, I don't know. When, probably recently, but I mean, you can. I don't think Mr. Webster ever used that one. But. Well, hey, Mr. Webster didn't use the word texting either. But well, I mean, you know, it's a word now. So where did you come across that? I don't know. I, I read Jeff. I read books. I, I, I apply myself just in all kinds of areas, and some things work that I can share it in the podcast. And I just thought that was one that I thought was interesting. I didn't know that before. Nothing burger is a word. Now, there's a lot of things. Okay. In, in, all right. Okay. Well, <laughs> oh, gosh. You know, someone, some, some burger chain needs to come up with a burger called that. Have it on their menu. Well, okay. they should they should have done that for these veg these um you know these new uh, meatless burgers. Um, yeah, but that sounds like you just get a couple pieces of bread with nothing between the bread. We're just really going way off okay. the track here. But uh, one of the things that hit me the other day, I've, you know, I've always seen stuff on Facebook about getting close to God. You know, people always say, boy, if you're not close to God, and this will make you close to God. This will take you away from God. And after a while, you begin to realize, what, what, what are we actually talking about? Are we, are we measuring this? <laughs> I mean, are we talking about this will take you feet away from God? Or are we talking about inch? I mean, what, what is this closeness about? We're great about doing vague, yeah. nebulous, it unmeasurable. Yeah. It's like it's got across the field. What are we talking about yeah. here? How far away is God? We say, well, I can get close to God. Well, how close are we talking about? But it just, you know, it, it just obscures the fact that through faith in Jesus, we are in Christ. We are as close as we're ever going to be. That doesn't mean you're going to feel close every day, but you are close. You know, a similar phrase I came across this recently is, you know, are you Christ-centered? Yeah. You know, you need to be Christ-centered today. Yeah. And, you know, if you're in Christ and he's in you, yeah. you are always Christ-centered. You, know, yeah. you may not always realize it. You may not always act like it. And yeah. you may act differently than who you really are, but you don't have to try. I mean, guess, you know, what we talk about here, new creation, behold, yeah. you are Christ-centered. Yeah. Whether, you know, yeah. the believer, if you're in Christ, Christ is in you, boom, behold, you are Christ-centered. So right. you just need to wake up and be who you are. See, and realize who you are, then be yourself. Now, this is going to be a hodgepodge uh, podcast, I can tell. I'm going to jump from topic to topic. But here's an example of something we do that I think messes up our understanding of the new covenant. We take verses that don't fit the new covenant and we dumb them down. For instance, let me give you an example. Like Jesus said, uh, the most important commandment is you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, that you love your neighbor as you love yourself. And people use that all the time and say, that's what we got to do. That's our most important things. We love God with all everything we have. We love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And they, they leave out the part where Jesus said, this is a summation of the law. Yeah. It's not a summation of the gospel. Summation of the law. Love the Lord. And think about this now. 
the middle of the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's a pretty high bar, I would think. And loving your neighbor as you love yourself, as much as you love yourself. And so somebody said when we were talking about this with some of my friends, they said, well, okay, yeah, but that, isn't that an aspirational thing? Isn't that what we aspire to? We aspire Mm. to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Aspire to love your neighbor as you love yourself. But the problem is, that's not what Jesus said. He did not say, you need to aspire to love God with all your heart, soul, mind. He said, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor, not aspire to love your neighbor. It's a command. And if you're not doing that, then you might want to look for an alternative route to God because you're not going to make it on that one. And so that's where we point out that Jesus did not say that's a summation of the gospel. It's a summation of the law. In the law, it's about God first loved us. Matter of fact, they have that written down somewhere. Uh, that God loved us first. Where did I put this? Hold on. First um, John four ten. And yeah. this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be a propitiation for our sins. But I just think that to me was a pretty good example of what we do with certain scriptures that don't fit, um, you know, our experience. Most people would know that they do not really love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, which is not a requirement you know, that, for the that's gospel. But kind of, it's aspirational, Jeff. We're just supposed to aspire. That, to that. that is kind of the difference between law and grace, religion, and relationship. Religion emphasizes how much you're loving God. Grace emphasizes how much we are loved that's by God. True. Now, someone will take that and say, oh, then you can just live any way you want. Well, Kind of yes and no. You can, but you don't want to. When yeah. you know how loved you are, that changes a person. And because uh, the other way doesn't work anyway. I mean, just being told you need to love God more doesn't do anything to change the heart. Right. I mean, it can. We can pretend for a while, uh, but it does not change the heart. But when we know that we're loved, I can I'm reading a new book. I'm only partway through. I may have more to say about it in a future podcast. But one of the one of the phrases on it that I liked it said a two way communication with God is called relationship. One-way communication is called religion. And so religion is kind of a one-way communication with God. We're trying to do stuff for God. I'm trying to please him and all this as opposed to two-way Well, okay, but in there, a lot of so. people's minds, it is two-way. Because, know, because God's always telling them how they're, they're not measuring up. Yeah, God's always convicting but, them, well, you need to read your Bible. Um, let me tell you, and I, I mentioned this earlier to you, and I can't tell to say too much about this, but I did have it run to somebody, well, a friend this week that um, – Need to kind of pray about a big decision in life, and uh, and he kind of looked at me. And he said, "Yeah, I encourage him. I said, I'd pray for him." And he said, "Well, I don't know if I can do that." He's a Christian. I said, "Why not?" He said, "Well, I just I haven't been. I'm not very close to God right now." Mm-hmm. I, said, really? I said, "Well, yeah, I haven't been reading my Bible much, and I haven't been praying that much, and you know, just you could tell he's probably maybe doing some things he should be doing. I don't know, but um, so that kept him from." having any kind of confidence to pray and ask God to help him through a major life decision. And he was in, just engrossed, wrapped up in fear over this decision. It was a big decision. And, um, and so I you know, tried, you know, as best I could, just to kind of share kind of the, the power of the gospel, what, the fact that Jesus has done this for you. And I went through a lot of stuff we talk about on the, mm-hmm. on the podcast, and it seemed, some of it seemed to resonate, so I don't know. But just the fact that it just kind of hit me that, that the people that see their relationship with God that way, boy, I've got to rise up to a certain level for God to even want to hear my prayer, to hear from me. I mean, what a 
What a treadmill. What a rough way to live. It's essentially saying the cross was not enough. Yeah. That the cross paid a good chunk of it, yeah. maybe paid yeah. almost all of it, but I really can't get close to God. I, I immediately thought of the verse in Hebrews. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Grace. That yeah. we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So, yeah, we don't. But that is a very common. That's part of the renewing of the mind. You know, the yeah. the old mind tends to think, you know, okay, I, I've done bad here. You know, God's not really going to bless me because I've not been doing all that well. But the idea of coming to God purely based on the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross plus nothing. Let your request be made known to God. And the I peace think- of God which transcends all understanding guard your hearts and minds i think as a human being the kind of our default setting is that we have to live up to some level before god will um uh, you know want to even be involved in our life decisions here's a new word i have it's an old word but it's a new in in relationship to grace because i started thinking well how come some people seem to you know don't seem to don't seem to have the benefit of maybe even with their understanding of grace, maybe have they, maybe they have a decent understanding of grace, but it just doesn't seem to gel with them. I mean, it just it still does, something's still missing. And I think the difference is that you know if you just, if you bask and that's my word, bask in grace, mm-hmm. it makes a difference from somebody who just kind of agrees with grace. I mean, grace is something you bask in every day. It's not something that you just say, well, you know, when I mess up, I guess God's grace will come through and kind of make up the difference. You know, we're still on this treadmill of performance, but in my really bad days, I guess God's grace will be there for me. Well, that's not the way, that's not what grace is. Grace in which I stand, yeah. Romans 5. Yeah, it's I mean, grace we're... all the time, every day, yeah. God's full acceptance of me, no matter what. You have, you have to bask in that because if, I think if you don't, then you do tend to fall back into this performance mentality. So anyway, that's my new word, bask in grace. I like that. I think it's, we can end on that. Got anything else? Um, well, I've got some other. I've got a li- I'm making a list of my Rogers Power Scriptures. <laughs> oh, and why, you like, why is that funny? Why is that funny? That just sounds like they're a not TV steps, evangelist not or something. No, it says Rogers. Oh, boy. I'll and if you. we send nine ninety five, we'll get a, a free copy no, I'm not of it. Huh? No, I'm just going <laughs> to reel them out every now and then on the, on the, uh, the podcast. Let's so we got see. one for here? Well, let's see. I might find one here. Well, actually, we did one of them was Second Corinthians 5.17. But here's one of my this, – this is Romans 5.20. Now, the law came to increase the trespass. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So grace can always outpace your sin. Man, how bad you think your sin is, grace can always... That's the hope for our world as well. That, that does encourage me at times. When yeah. you see sin, yeah. I mean, seriously, increasing in the world, that yeah. is a promise that where sin abounded, grace to much more abound. So we right. count on the grace of God. Absolutely. 